welcome to the Garbage Fire Podcast, aka MFKS Radio on the Earwave Style at 4752. Your pod is hosted by Kelsey and Megan, who are really fucking glad this year is over. The Garbage Fire Pod is all about being unironically passionate to the point that you would dive into the dumpster for the things that you love. Yay! Yay! Unexceptional, like I wanted. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, How if you want, we friend? can always re-record that beginning and just be like, who are unexceptional, just like we like it. Yeah. How are you? I haven't talked to you for a while. Ah, uh, good. Very good. Um, how were your Christmas travels? Oh, just hell, Megan. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, I adopted a dog, uh, the, the, essentially... Uh, 10 hours before we drove to Saskatchewan for four days. Well, that's... So that was, that was a lot. Mm-hmm. And, and how did that come like... to pass, that your dog was, uh, finally adopted just before you left? <sighs> Seriously, like, we did everything in our power to have it happen earlier, and, like... I understand why people just go to breeders and buy dogs because you can just be like, here's fucking 800 bucks or a thousand bucks. And they're like, here's your dog. Yeah. Like, oh my God, the amount of application we had to do and interviews we had to do and like home visits we had to do just to adopt a goddamn dog. Ugh. But, but are you happy that you have a dog now? Yes, he's a very he's a very nice boy. He's sleeping on my legs right now because um, I'm very happy with him because he went poop. Oh, good. And he didn't poop inside the house, and that's a very big boy decision. That is a big boy decision. Proud of him. I don't even know him, and I'm very proud of him. <laughs> he's he's literally three months and two days old. Wow. Which, I was on the American Kennel Club today, and they say, like, that's seven, he's like a seven-year-old boy. Oh, okay. I was like, well, you should know how to poop in the appropriate place. You're seven. It's true. It's very true. You would not be allowed to go to kindergarten if you don't know how to poop and pee in the right place. That is accurate, actually. But yeah, the travel is over. I am home. With a dog, just living each day. Just living each day, Mick. <laughs> yeah. In this in this world, that's uh, yeah, yeah. I like. I truly understand why people are happy, like having pets and like not having children now. I get it. It yeah. is a lot of work. It would be. It would be a lot of work. I've never had a pet, and I don't have children, so here we are. I've had pets before. Like, I had dogs growing up, but I was always too young to, I think, really understand. Mm-hmm. And now I'm old. <laughs> now I'm old and gray. But I've got a little doggy keeping my shins warm, so that's okay. Well, that's good. And he didn't poop on the carpet today. Oh, man, he's just winning at life. Uh-huh. That's so good. How was your Christmas? Uh, it was good. I hung out with my folks. Uh, mom told me I was cutting onions and wrong to, like, stuff into the turkey. Uh, so, you know, the usual. Uh, oh, my gosh. 
it was just it was just really funny. Um, I was talking to uh, a buddy from work who whose mom who has kind of the same ish relationship uh, with his mom, and uh, we both thought it was funny that uh, we had basically the same experience. Oh, the collective joy of family time at the holidays, hey? Yeah, but then, like, my dad and I, like, sat and watched hockey for two days. Like, Spangler Cup and World Juniors and stuff. And, like, we just, it was just fun. And then I said, I commented to my dad that, you know, it's the thing about, like, staying with them, which is great. And there's, you know, food and much more than I have available and, you know, more options of things and whatever. Is that when I'm at home by myself, no one's ever asking me what I'm doing. Yeah, for sure. You know, like, when I make noise, there's not another person who's like, what are you doing? It's like, what the fuck? Why does it matter what I'm doing? Yeah. I think it was John Mulaney who said, like, you now have someone supervising you 24-7 when you live with someone else. (laughs) Yeah, and, like, I'm not interested in that at all. For sure. But That is... It is good. Yeah, it's... That's tough to get used to. I totally get that. Yeah. Yeah, and and I mean, like, I spend most of my time by myself. Like, when my non-work time, I'm mostly alone. So, like, Uh it's really odd when I'm, like, making a sandwich in the middle of the day and someone's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I don't know, writing a book. Like, what the fuck difference does it make what I'm doing? Also, like, I don't know, fucking look, I'm making a goddamn sandwich. Yeah, like, you're sitting at the table and I'm in the kitchen and it's not far. Like, you could just turn around. Did you not hear me rattling the knife around? Like, come on. Can I smell, I'm going to guess, peanut butter and jelly? How did you know? Oh, I'm just very, very smart. Uh, also, that's what I had for supper tonight, because I'm an adult. Oh, yum. And I do what I want. Absolutely. It was, a, it was a very good sandwich. Good raspberry jelly. Oh, raspberry jelly is the absolute best. People who say grape jelly is the best are wrong. They're wrong, and they need to be wrong in the wrongness. They, no, they need to just be brought into the light, is what they need to be. Because grape jelly is not the best. No, it's terrible. Um, although I will say that, like, Saskatoon jam is kind of great. I feel like it's unpatriotic of me to have not had Saskatoon jam. I would agree. Um, so you should revoke your passport. And, uh, give up your citizenship. Well, if, uh, you know, Brexit is gonna happen, I'll just have to prove myself and go back to the Saskatchewan homeland, I guess. You would never. Oh, God, no. (laughs) We'd be like, we'd be like, see you, fuckers, we're going to New Zealand. I was gonna say, you're gonna end up like in Australia or New Zealand if that happens. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) Oh, yeah, you would never. Well, 2018 has come to an end. 2018 has come to an end, and I know this is not a sports podcast anymore, but can we talk about sports for a minute? Oh, do it so we don't have to later, please. And then we need to talk about Outlander, because I'm very upset. Okay, so we'll talk about the sports that I'm not upset. So here's the thing. Uh, I went went and saw the Oilers yesterday. I went and watched them play live, Um, Uh which was fun. I went with my friend Jillian, and we had a really nice time. Uh, I oh, laugh- I love Jillian. How is Jillian? Jillian's wonderful. Uh, we went to a movie today as well. Um, which which is, we'll talk about later. Which we will talk about later, because it blew my goddamn mind. Um, but, uh, so we went, and her and I had bought tickets for a couple games. We went and saw the Habs, and then we went, um, 
to this one, and I think that that's it for for the year. I might see if I can score like a last minute ticket when the Devils are back in town, but other than that, eh, you know. When is that set? Uh, I think it's in March that they come out. Because I, I think I put it in my calendar when they're in Calgary. Um, I think I feel like it's in March. It could be in February. I don't really know. It doesn't matter. No, I think point. it's March. I think it's like a week today. Hold on. Continue uh, talking. Okay, so we went and watched the game, and the Oilers uh, lost 7-4. to four. It was, at one point in time, one nothing for the Oilers, uh, and then at another point in time, it was 6-1 to one, uh, for the Sharks, um, which was pretty emblematic of, like, everything that had gone on. So Jill is, she's a, a fan of the Oilers, and she has been for quite some time, but she's not, like, a big fan, right? Like, she's not... Uh-huh. She's a casual she's fan. She's a casual fan. And after the game... And, like, into the end of the third period and after the game as we were, like, you know, waiting to get out of the building and in the car and I drove her home and stuff, she was mad about the team and, like, how (laughs) shitty they played. And I was like, man, if a casual fan is this upset, like, what are, you know, people who are, like, you know, live and die with the team, like, what what are they like, right? So I went home after the game last night and I watched a little bit of TV and I made myself some supper and then I made myself some popcorn and I went upstairs to my computer, and I sat down, and I wrote 3,000 fucking words about the Oilers. Oh my god. It was actually quite cathartic, and much less angry than I expected it would be. Um, and it was, it's been really interesting today, because it posted this morning at, like, 8 o'clock. And it was really interesting, like, list, looking at some of the feedback. And, like, there are particular sources where I knew that they were going to be like, ah, this person's so fucking stupid. Um, but then there was a whole bunch of other p- people who were like, yeah, you should probably read this article. It's pretty good. Um, which, and I don't, I don't care what people really think. I truly don't at this point. No one's called me any bad names, so that's good. Um, oh, shocker. I know. Everyone's I'm growing. Not publicly, anyway. Maybe amongst themselves, in which case, I don't care. Um, but it was really interesting watching this game, and, like, there's kids around and stuff. By the end of the game, like, I would say that the seats were... I don't know, three quarters empty by the time the game was over. Because, um, you know, by the time it was like six, you know, it was six one, and then it was six two, and then it was seven two, and then of that seventh goal, most people just kind of left. Um, and I don't blame them. I really, truly don't. And then today, it's fucking Oilers. They made two trades, and I don't know if you're paying any attention or not. I heard about one of them. So, the Oilers traded away uh, Chris Weidman, who was not good yesterday in the game. He took two penalties, um, and they were both dumb and bad because he's bad, and that's fine. So, they traded away Chris Weidman and, I think, two draft picks and got Alex Petrovic, which is fine, but also I'm pretty sure he's worse than Chris Weidman, so good job. Wait, wait, is Chris Weidman the one that, like assaulted the ref that one time? Maybe that was, that might have been Dennis Weidman. No, oh, that was Dennis Weidman. No, no I think it was Chris Weidman. I don't know. I would look on my phone, but my phone is, uh... I think it's Dennis. Let me just, I'll do a quick Google. You keep discussing. So they make this trade, and I was like, ha ha ha. So Avery and Alex and I were, like, laughing about it and stuff, and, you know, the Twitter was fun. And then I went into this movie, and then I get out of the movie, and I have this, uh, this text from, from Mike, from Librarian Mike, and he was like, uh, this afternoon has been crazy. Are you okay? And I was like, assuming, of course, that I'm like Elmo on fire here, right? Um, yeah. The Oilers also made a trade with the Blackhawks. They got rid of Drake Kajula, which is good, because um, he's also bad at hockey. Uh, and they traded him for Brandon Manning, who 
if you will remember, is the guy who played for the Flyers uh, when Connor McDavid got his collarbone broken because Brandon Manning rode him into the boards. Right. And didn't he say, like, I'm glad you got injured or something, something like, like the that? Something like that, yeah. Year. And then Connor made some comments about how it was classless and all this kind of stuff. So, anyway. So. The Oilers are dumb, and they're bad at everything. Everything they do is bad. Everything fucking sucks um, about this organization. But I was very intrigued by this second trade, because, like, who makes that trade? Who decides that's a good idea? Like, I I understand that maybe it's addressing a need on your team, but, like, holy shit, that's probably not the person that you want to trade for. And so, in the spirit of the article that I wrote, this, like, 3,000-word diatribe on why the Oilers are terrible and everything sucks and we should all eat at Arby's, um, I was just like, oh, man, I kind of wish this had happened yesterday so I could have included it in the piece that I wrote. Because it's just, like, one more thing that's just absolutely futile about being a fan of that dumb team. Yeah, it's it's absolutely mind-boggling it really it's just bad decision after bad decision and i understand that like hindsight is twenty twenty, and i acknowledge this in the piece that i wrote yesterday and of course people were like oh, i hate it when people use hindsight to talk about bad decisions and i was like clearly you didn't get to the part where i said hindsight is twenty twenty, um because of course it is and you can look and see like what should have been done differently or what shouldn't have been done or whatever but like there are some of the things that have happened with that team that like i think most people with working brains looked at it when they happened and were like, yeah, that's not going to end well. It's just not going to work out very well. (sighs) And yet, here we are. The Oilers are, in case anyone is curious, and if anyone, anyone at all cares about the Oilers who listens to this podcast, they are in the exact same position that they were in last year in terms of points and how many games they have left. Um, and so they're going to have to play at like a 104 point pace for the rest of the season if they want to get a sniff at the playoffs. And I'm here to tell you on December the 30th of 2018 that if it happens, it'll be a goddamn miracle. Yeah, I don't even know what would have to occur for that to happen. Wait, how's my how's my young son Yessie doing? Um, better. I think Hitchcock likes him better than uh, Todd McClellan did and is giving him more opportunity to play. Um, but oh, I'll be good. pretty honest, I didn't really notice him much yesterday during the game. Uh, you know who else I didn't notice? Milan Lucic, because he did play, but not well. Um, but do you know who I did notice a lot? Who? Eric Carlson. Oh. I've never seen Eric him. Eric Carlson. I've never, I've never seen him play live until yesterday, because uh, n- I've never seen the Senators, um, maybe, like, when I was younger, but not as an adult, when I had to, like, pay for games and stuff, because I was always like, who wants to go watch the Senators? Um, and I was, like, blown away by some of the things that he does out there. And, like, I know, I found that when I went to watch Colorado, too, and, like, watching Gabriel Landeskog on the ice is just, like, another thing. Yeah, I still think the others fucked that one up and should have taken him instead of Nuge. Love Nuge, but just saying. Um... But yeah, watching Eric Carlson was kind of otherworldly. Um, and, like, the Sharks have a really good team, right? And so, like, Joe Pavelski, their captain, uh, the they scored seven goals yesterday, and Pavelski had one assist, and that's it. Like, that's how deep their team is. Yeah. Yeah, it was, uh, it was, it was something to watch, and it was really a lot like watching, like, <laughs> men against boys, for sure. 
Um, and watching what an actual, like, top-pairing defenseman looks like, I hope gives people who are fans of the Oilers pause and, like, wait a second, we don't actually have one of those. No, and it's, I don't know, it's really interesting because the, the Sharks got so much shit for so many years about, like, having talent and not necessarily squandering it, but not seeing that talent have results that, you know, got them a cup or, or what have mm-hmm. you, and they did, like, you know, controversial captaincy shuffles and yada, 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 but it's just, like, regardless of any of that shit, mm-hmm. they're still a good team because mm-hmm. they have good players and they've had good management. And they've had decent coaching. Mm-hmm. And then once... Of, of good players. <laughs> yes, that's absolutely it. And, like, their players have been used well and deployed properly, and they have a pretty good, like, development system, and there's a whole bunch of things, like, organizationally, that is very different from what we see here. Yes, for sure. Right? And so, it was just really interesting watching, and, like, standings-wise, like, the Sharks, I think, are, I think they have, like, 49 points, maybe, right now? I don't know. I I I can look. I I feel like it's 49, and the Oilers have 39. Um, But that 10-point difference, like, yesterday, looked like it should have been about 20. Uh-huh. Like just based on on the skill level that you saw out there, and it was it was just a really interesting thing, sort of watching and listening to people boo and like fans actually boo the team. No jerseys hit the ice, but you know. Yeah, forty nine points. Yeah, people are people are starting to get restless, and then these two moves today, and like I don't know if they're panic moves on Chirelli's part because he's worried he's gonna get fired right away, um, because like earlier, I don't know, it would have been Friday, I guess, because today's Sunday. would have been Friday on the Oilers Now show at lunch. I didn't listen to most of it. I listened to some of it. But uh, both Stoffer and Mark Spector were just absolutely carving into the decisions that Peter Trelli's made, which means that, like, someone upstairs is not happy because they never yeah, talk about that shit. Yeah, they've been given the go-ahead to yeah. critique. Yeah. Yeah. So it was... um. It's been an interesting couple of hockey days, and I was like, oh, man, if they'd have made those two trades, like, three days apart, we'd have had content for a week on my website. Um, (laughs) But it all happened today, so it's over now. But isn't that just the absolute epitome of 2018? Pretty much. The news cycle is so fast, you cannot keep up. (sighs) It's exhausting. I feel like I get fucking whiplash from the news cycle these days. It's, it's a lot. Um, so let's, like, shift gears. Let's talk about Outlander, because I would like to talk about it with you as well. Okay, so I watched, <clears throat> sorry, the episode, I think it's called Wilmington? Yes. Yesterday, or the day before. I don't know when we fucking talked. There is no time between Christmas and New Year's Eve. It is um, an absolute vortex. It's, oh, God, it's brutal. Um, and... You know how I said before how the Roger and Brie, um, like, difficulties, they need episodes? Yes. Now I'm like, yeah, they don't need episodes. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, okay, okay. Because I just, I have never done this in Outlander before, Megan. I fast-forwarded. Did you? I did. At what part? Didn't give a shit about their sex scene. As soon as they started fighting, afterwards, fast-forwarded through that, like, stopped when it got to Stephen Bonnet, and then fast-forwarded because of other reasons. Yes. 
but that has never happened to me before ever and I think I was just so fucking tired of Roger and his bullshit the problem with Roger oh the, the problem with Roger hello episode title the problem with Roger is that he is a man of like the 60s but in Scotland <laughs> and like I feel like if Roger was like had been even if he had like gone to America to go to school and like to go to college and spent some time in bigger cities and you know sort of with people who are a little bit less um conservative, conservative. perhaps in their views I uh-huh. feel like the whole issue with him and Brianna prior to her like going back in time uh, wouldn't have been such an issue. Okay, continue. And so because of that, what I think happens then, I think he fits in really well, like, socially um, and morally in the 18th century. Whereas, like... Okay, right, I'm, I'm with you. Right? So I think I think he fits in really well, especially morally in the 18th century. Like, that whole idea of... of you know, he doesn't want to, he doesn't want to sleep with her until they're married, and so then instead of, like, getting married for real, they just do the hand-fasting thing, which, sure, I'm fine, like, I get it. Um, but it, it was just a really interesting thing that he was so willing to just, like, give, you know, um, he was, he was just like, no, I'm not changing my mind, I'm not changing my mind, but I'm gonna somehow convince you to change your mind, ultimately. Um, yeah, so that he can what get what he made wants. me upset. And I don't think it's, I don't think it's, like, malintentioned. Like, I do truly believe, and I believe this in the book, too, like, I truly believe that he's in love with her, right? And I don't think that he does it, like, out of any kind of, like, malicious intent, and I don't think that he's trying to be, like, you know, to lord anything over her, but I think he doesn't know any better or any differently, because in his mind, this is just how it happens. Right, but as someone who fucking is a historian, you should have more perspective, I think. And you should be able to say, oh, actually, when I do these things, like, even his his body language, I texted you, I was like, why is he always yanking her arm? He pulls her places, and I can't fucking stand that, because guess what, Roger? Brie can fucking walk. Uh-huh. Like, do not pull her. If she wants to see you, she will walk with you. Like, I hate that. Yeah. And it's just so frustrating because he does all these terrible things and takes, um, not terrible things, but I think they're terrible things, and takes, like, absolutely no reflection on Brianna's reaction as to why she's upset at them. He's just like, well, you're fucking wrong. And these are my rules. This is my black and white. And if you don't abide to these, well, then, see ya. However, I, I don't oh, disagree no. with I do not disagree with you, and I, I'm not trying to, like, convince you, you know, of anything else. Um, but Roger is, like, the 20th century version of Jamie. Hard disagree. In all of those ways. Jamie takes the time to learn. But when he, yes. like... But, but Roger hasn't had the time yet to learn, right? That's the difference. Like, as Jamie and Claire develop their relationship... Um, Jamie would, like, ask questions and sort of, you know, whatever, whereas, like, hang on, wait, there we go, um, 
<laughs> I was just like, wait, wait, do I have to stop this? No, we're good. No, so I don't know what just cut off, so I'm going to repeat everything I just said. I think that Roger is like that, in, like in that infancy of the relationship bit, he's, he is the 20th century version of Jamie. Right, where he was raised... Which, yes, sure, I, I understand that. And he was, raised, like, he was raised by the Reverend, who was like 900 years old when Roger was a child. But that also sure. colors, I think, how Roger views certain things, right? Just for a whole bunch of reasons. But the difference, of course, between Roger and Jamie is that Jamie does take the time to like learn, and when Claire gets mad at him, he's like, fuck, I don't want to make her mad again. So I'm going to figure out how not to, whereas Roger hasn't had that luxury of um, that experience just yet. Because he's still very much in that, like, my way or the highway sort of mode of doing things. Yes, which is... <sighs> but I you have can't. no idea why Brie would want to be with him then. Because, but you can't. I mean, like, if you, we take this out of this fictional world for a second, like... Anytime I think people get into relationships and for those relationships to be successful, there has to be like, you know, a change and like a compromise in a whole bunch of different ways between both parties involved, right? Yes, but I think that Brie is the only one who's compromising. At this point, yes. And I think it's designed that way, like kind of on purpose. Because we, and and this is the thing, like we know how this is going to turn out. Right? And Roger's still gonna do some dumb fucking things. And Brianna, and I'd like to talk about why she's so angry at him, which I think is absolutely insane. Um, and Wait, why is she so angry at him? Well, she's so mad at him because he doesn't tell her that he knew about the obituary. Oh, yeah. But, like, she kind of, sort of, walked away? Yeah, she totally... Right? No, wait, like, he walked away. Yeah, but, like... But so oh, she... Yes, she went to the past. Yeah, and she left. And then she left a letter for him, and he wasn't supposed to get it for a whole year after she left. And sure... Well, to be, to be fair to Rihanna here, he essentially, like, broke up with her and Ooh. was like, well, if you don't... Like, this is, this is it, and this is what I want, and this is what I need, and if you're not going to abide by that, then I guess I don't know what we're doing anymore. And, and she was like, okay. And that, but that's the, same, that, that's the same thing. She She's like, I, I'm not ready for this, I'm walking away. And so she walks away. And then he finds out this thing in this, like, weird, like, interregnum period where they don't know what they are. Uh-huh. And he doesn't tell her what he knows. And then she doesn't also give him the opportunity because she fucking left, and he was supposed to not find out for a whole year. And so, like, how is he, you know, like, she's the one who walked away, ultimately. She decided she didn't want to be with him, and that's fine. But she, I don't think it's fair of her to be as angry at him as she is. Because what the fuck else was he gonna do? Yeah. You know what? You're right. They're both wrong. I feel very much the same way about this as I do about Elizabeth Proctor being mad at John in The Crucible. Oh my god, <laughs> I know. Right? Like, the audacity of those two. <laughs> but like, I I just always feel with, with, I mean, yeah, John fucked up, let's not pretend that he did not. Um, but like, she can't divorce him in the society that they live in. Like, the customs of the society don't allow it, right? And he's trying really hard. And so like, I get it, but also like, what what what's the solution right and this is kind of the same thing like i understand why she's upset but at the same time like she walked away yeah it everybody 
has to try better. And, and left him in the is. lurch. And then, of course, if he had never found out this piece of information, then it, it's a moot point. And that's the part why she's so angry, why I think it, it's a little bit misguided. And also, like, Roger, he could have lied. He could have said, like, um, I found out after Mm -hmm. you had already left, and this is why I'm here. Yes. Because I also, like, he's just so fucking stupid. Or if he'd have been, like, the reason that I, I called and found out that you had left is because I found this out. Yes, exactly. That would have been the best story to tell. Because then it would have been like, this is the reason that I was trying to get in touch with you. Because mm-hmm. I think that maybe we can both, we can do this together. Yeah, and I, oh, I thought you needed to know this. Uh-huh. Um, and, you know, regardless of any, whatever. But, like, at the same time, like, he traveled through time to find her. I don't know. We know how we know how it works out in the end. I know. And so, I I know that I do, but I can't really remember it. <laughs> it's in there somewhere, but it's been replaced by other information. Well, they fight for most of the fourth book. I do remember that, and I think like everything this. is amended once someone's head is shaved. Yes. Is that correct? Maybe. I think that's... Well, yes. But then also, I feel like this is very spoilery if anyone... For, like, the books. There's also... And I can't remember if it's in this one or in... Yeah, no, it must be in this one. When, like, Bonnet tries to kill Roger? Uh Uh-huh. Is it in this book? I don't think Bonnet's in the next book. So then it must be. So it's when... Because it's when... He tries to kill him and, like, put like puts his head in a noose or whatever and, like, drags him around. And then he uh-huh. comes back and he has, like, he's basically lost, like, his voice almost entirely. Yeah, and he doesn't have, like, a perma-scar. And... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So that's Yeah, coming. it's gotta be this book. So you fast-forwarded through the part after Brianna, like, encountered Bonnet, yes? Yes. Okay, so I would... But, like, I think that... Well, no, sorry. Once I realized that it's not, it wasn't going to be like Claire and Blackjack Randall. Yeah, I actually pressed play. So I would like to, like, and that's good because I thought it was actually quite well put together that whole scene. Uh huh. Because you didn't actually see what was happening; you could only hear it. And what I really liked about the way that they did it, and I read some stuff about it afterwards, is, like, they showed the reactions on the faces of, like, people out in the tavern. Because, like, all of these places have, like, rooms, right? And I was really intrigued by, like, just how everyone knew what was going on and everybody understood what was happening. And they were all, like, not my circus, not my monkeys. Like, they were just, nobody was doing anything about it. Yeah... I I totally agree, and I thought that that was really powerful, and it kind of reminded me, what's that phrase, like the banality of evil or whatever? Yeah, yeah. How they're in this world where things are so so bad and so different that nobody, nobody cares. Well, and I think the other thing, too, is that it's like that whole thing is just so commonplace. Yes, exactly. Right, that, like, it's, everyone understands what's going on because everybody has experienced 
that before, right? They've, they've uh-huh. been around when that's happened or it's happened to them or they've done it or whatever. And it's just kind of the way of things. Which is a really sad state of affairs, ultimately. But I thought that, like, having that root, having it that way rather than anything else and showing anything else, I thought was a very interesting way of, of doing things. I thought it was really powerful. I thought it was really affecting. I felt so much empathy for Brianna that I don't think I've really felt before. Yes. Because... Just like her mom, like, all she's trying to do is the right thing. And she's very, like, emotionally motivated, but she's also showing her naivety in this situation. Yes. And I thought that the afterwards was really powerful. Like when she picks up her boots? Yes, that whole... The whole afterwards where, like, you finally actually see them again. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, it was, um, yeah, it was, it was, I thought it was very powerfully done. Um, cause I was, wor- I was wondering, like, what was gonna happen and how it was gonna sort of turn out. out. Yeah, cause we knew, we knew, like, yeah. there's three big things, really three big things that happen in this season, and now it's like, checkbox for, check box for one yeah absolutely and i feel like you know all, all things considered it was handled like fairly well i think so too i think it was handled with compassion and i think with more maturity and less like thinking back to jamie and jack black like mm-hmm. much less gratuitousness than mm-hmm. it had been handled in the past yes i agree which is funny because I fast forwarded through the consensual sex between Roger and Brie. I was like, don't care. <laughs> what was interesting to to me about that bit is like it sort of replaced the part in the book that they did not show on the the TV. So I was like, well, I'll take it only because like that that when they're still in Scotland or when they're in America. No, they're in Scotland when that one happens. Uh-huh. And like she could, gets out of the shower, and he's just like mesmerized by her. And uh-huh. it's like they nothing. I think they just kiss. I'm pretty sure, um, but it's like just very charged, and that's like one of my favorite scenes in the book. And they didn't do that, so I was like, "No, well, okay, fine, I'll take it." Yeah, it's just it's just not the same. It's just not the no. same as not Claire and Jamie. No, it's true. They're not two literal gods. No, it's very true. So that was a it was a little bit of a disappointment, but um, I do have a great update. From last episode. Okay. Because remember how fascinated I was by the concept of the Society for the Appreciation of English Beefsteak? Yes. (laughs) Guess what? It's fucking real. Are you serious? I am 100% serious. On Wikipedia, it's called the Beefsteak Club. Okay. It says it is the name or nickname of several 18th and 19th century male dining clubs in Britain and Australia that celebrated the beefsteak as a symbol of patriotic and often Whig concepts of liberty and prosperity. Wow. This made me laugh so much, though, because it says at the weekly meetings, the members wore a blue coat and a buff waistcoat with brass buttons bearing a gridiron motif and the words beef and liberty. 
<laughs> That's amazing. Can you not just imagine Lord John Gray at this party? Like, oh, he'd so be there, good. but like by accident, because he would definitely be thinking it was like a different kind of beefsteak. For sure, for sure, for sure, for sure. But I found out like they're active today, if not in the same sort of frame. But um, who? Do you know of like a British celebrity who's like you would say oh, capital P pedantic? Um, capital P pedantic, like Pierce Morgan? <laughs> no, he's capital P prick. Like someone who is definitely intellectual, definitely a celebrity, definitely famous. Um, let's say chaotic neutral, though. Um, oh, I don't know. Well, I'll make it easier for you. Um, the most famous person I could find active in the Beefsteak Club is Stephen Fry. Really? Really. That's kind of amazing. And I was just like, yep, that sounds, that sounds about right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there's my Beefsteak Club update. That's that's amazing. I've forgotten we had talked about that, so I'm glad you brought that up. God, I'll never get over it. Um, so, this is... Do you have anything more to say about Outlander? Yeah, I just want to say, like, uh, Claire performing surgery to the polite applause of theater goers was just so fucking Claire. Mm-hmm. It was just Claire times a thousand. It was so wonderful. But her surgery was, like, infinitely more entertaining than that god-awful play they were watching. I know. That was definitely, like, a hernia surgery, right? Oh, yeah. Okay, that's what I thought. Yeah, and Jamie, and Jamie like, <laughs> Jamie made it worse. Jamie just elbows in the hernia. <laughs> well, and he did it on purpose, right, to, like... I know. ...distract everybody. It's very rare that Jamie is that careless. Well, not careless, but... You know what I mean? Yes. It was pretty funny. And apparently this week's episode, which I'm going to watch when we're done here, um, or I guess when it's on at 11, um, Brianna and Jamie meet. <gasps> Fucking finally. Mm-hmm. Good lord. So that'll be exciting. But now I'm just like, oh, fucking Lizzie is going to tell Jamie that it was Roger who raped her and like, oh, I'm not thrilled for all this happening, but mm-hmm. we'll see it play out. Yeah, it'll be great. Um, So it's the end of the year. Uh-huh. Thank God. And we did a year in review last year. Uh-huh. Which included one of my favorite all-time jokes that I played on you. Oh, that was last year. Yeah. <laughs> so, in case, oh, in case. That was the context. I was trying to remember, in what context did you do that joke? Yeah, it was good. Oh, man. Uh, it was just my top five Chris list. It was, it was good. It was very good. But they weren't in any particular order, and they couldn't be in any particular order, because I needed the last one to be, like, to be the punchline. Yeah, it was, you knocked it out of the park. Yeah, Great so, job. Yeah, so that was that. Was that. Um, I'm not going to do it again, because it hasn't changed, except I'm pretty sure Chris Pratt is, like, number 874,000. 
Yeah, I'm just gonna do a quick Google for actor Chris's f- to give us some options. Oh, there's for later. like, well, okay, so there's like, I also decided while you're doing the Googling. So at school around Christmas time, uh, our depart each department has to like decorate a tree. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And it seems to fall on me to do some of these things for like obvious reasons. Um, and that's fine. I don't have a problem with it. But next year, pretty sure we're gonna do a Chris Pine. And I'm pretty oh, sure... Oh, can't wait. And it, a Reese Witherspoon. It's just gonna be pictures of just the Chris's on uh-uh. the pine tree. Can't wait. And I'll put one Adam Driver in there just for fun. Okay, <laughs> I'm gonna come up with, like, a Chris's list of the past for you. Okay. That you will have to rank. Okay. Um, but... You start one of your categories before I do that. Let's do that one very last. Okay. So we, yeah, we did like our year in review. So this is just kind of like our top five things. I only have three on one of mine because I don't listen to new music. So uh, anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Not enough to like have a list. But anyway. Um, So I'm going to start with movies. I think that's probably a good place to start. Um. Uh, and I had to re redo this list um, today because I went to see Vice today, and it was real good. Yeah, can you talk a little bit about it some more? I can. So it's um, about Dick Cheney uh-huh. and how he is more or less uh, has been the orcs like the the orchestrator of pretty much every bad thing that's happened in the world since, like, the mid-70s. He's had his hand in there somehow. Uh-huh. Uh, it starts off, uh, with him working on, like, he, he dropped out of Yale, uh, and he was working on some kind of, I don't know, on, on a, probably for, like, a power company, working on power lines, that kind of thing. Uh, and it starts off, he's, like, driving home drunk from a bar. And then, you know, you get a little bit of a story and his wife, she tells him that, uh, you know, he's, she's going to leave him unless he changes because she saw what happened with her mom and dad and she wasn't going to live that life. And he promises never to let her down again, all this kind of stuff. He ends up back in college, not at Yale, but he ends up back in college and he ends up in the congressional, like, intern program, internship program in 1968 when Nixon is the president. And he starts uh, working with, or for, I guess, Donald Rumsfeld, who was a congressman. God, what a place to start. Yeah. What he, a place to learn some shit. Yeah, so he was he was working with Donald Rumsfeld um, in 1968. And it was just really an interesting way of, like, how, and it was, as all these names came up of, like, different people, right? And, like, different people and how they're involved in certain things and... And whatnot, but basically, what what we learned about Dick Cheney, because he is very notoriously private, so there's not a lot of information about him um, out there. And so, at the beginning of the movie, they're like, "This is a true story. This is as true as, or as true as we know it to be," because he's uh-huh. so notoriously. Fr- and then it's like, "We did our fucking best," like right on the screen, um, which I thought was really funny. Um, but he, we did our fucking best. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it was good. Uh, and that kind of set the tone for the movie, right? With, with that, which I thought was cool. Um, it was just really well done. It was really interesting going back and forth between sort of his life before he went into politics and then afterwards and as he, like, 
was into politics, and then when when uh, Nixon steps down, and then Gerald Ford is defeated, so then he's out. Um, you know, he's out of a job ultimately for that little bit of time when Jimmy Carter's in office, and then he's sort of back into into favor when um, Reagan's in office, and you know all those kind of things, and they they meet. George H.W. Bush, who's like, oh, talking about his son who's primed for office, but of course he's talking about Jeb and not George W. Bush. Um, uh-huh. For, you know, probably good reason, to be honest. Um, and it's just really interesting all the people that are involved in all of these, all of these, uh, these players that you kind of forget about and then you hear the name and like, oh yeah, that guy. Yeah, because they used to be in the news cycle 24-7. It's just been like, so much has happened since then that you're like, oh, right. But our news cycle is now approximately seven minutes long, so like, you cannot keep up anymore. Um, But yeah, it was, I thought it was really interesting. It was really well done. And by the end of the movie, I basically forgot it was Christian Bale playing Dick Cheney. Is he that good? He's very good. He's got the, the, um, he's got the, the speech down really well. Really? Yeah, and like that weird mouth movement that Cheney has, where he kind of talks yeah, a little bit. Yeah, he kind of looks like he's been molded out of plasticine. A hey? little bit, and and he, he's got that like side speaking thing, and he did it really well. Um, wow, and Amy Adams good for was, him. Amy Adams was phenomenal. Of course, she's phenomenal in everything. Who does she play in this one? Lynn Cheney. Uh, of course she is. Yeah, she was great. Uh, Sam Rockwell was good. He plays George W. Bush. Um, Tyler Perry's in it. He's Colin Powell. Oh, cool. Steve Carell. Th- I did not know. Steve Carell was Donald Rumsfeld, and he was fucking fantastic. Except oh, there were God. a couple moments where he was very Michael Scottish, and I was like, oh, I'm having a hard time with this. <laughs> <laughs> and then Jesse Plemons from Friday Night Lights and other, I don't know what else he's been in. I think he was in Homeland, maybe? I don't know, it doesn't matter. He, Argo. Yeah, yeah. He was Black like... Mirror. He was like the narrator? Oh, interesting. Which was one of the things about the movie that I thought was really, really well done. I don't want to, like, give that all away. Um, mm-hmm. But it was really, really cool. And then there's... Yeah, Adam McKay loves to do weird narratives, like, narrative structures with his films. Yeah, it was... It was... I thought it was really good. And so this... I had to, like, change my list today. Uh, because I thought I should put Vice on it, because I thought it was that good. So here's, that's what we were getting at. Here's my list. Are you ready? <laughs> what a digression. Go ahead. Well, you wanted me to talk about it, so. I know, I did, and I was curious. So this um, is in no order, you. because I, except for Vice is probably at the bottom of this, because that's the one that I replaced. So here's my, here's my list. Are you ready? I'm ready. I have, uh, Black Klansman. Uh-huh. Black Panther. Uh-huh. Avengers Infinity War. Uh-huh. To All the Boys I've Loved Before. <gasps> and Vice. How could I forget that? I'm just changing it right now. And, like, honorable mention on this list, Outlocking. Yeah, for sure. I still cannot get over that opening sequence. Yeah, it's really, really good. Fuck, Megan. I forgot <laughs> about To All the Boys I Loved Before. It was a good list. So that, those are, those are mine. I like that it's like comic book movie, comic book movie, political movie, political movie, (laughs) rom-com. Yeah, mine's fucking weird too. I've got, I've got, I have added to all the boys I loved before, replace something else. What did you replace? Black Panther. uh, Black Klansman, 
Okay. Crazy Rich Asians and Creed 2. Mm. I haven't seen those last two, so they're not on my list. I replaced it. I replaced uh, Mission Impossible 6. Okay. I also, like, really struggled to remember movies that I had seen. Yeah. Like, I've seen a lot of TV shows, but mm-hmm. not a lot of movies this year. I also think and it's that- also, like, recency bias, where I'm just like, fuck, what even came out this year? I don't even know. This year has been a decade. <laughs> it really has. Um, I rewatched part of Infinity War last night while I was writing. Uh-huh. And uh, the, when Captain America makes his first appearance, that is a great scene. I know. And a great like, reveal. Like, put that over your fucking tombstone. Just tattoo that shit on my eyelids forever. Absolutely. All right. There's so many movies that I want to see, but I haven't seen yet. And so, like, I didn't get time today to watch Roma. And that's on Netflix. And I feel like that's probably going to replace something on my list. And I really want to see The Favorite. And I really want to see Mary Poppins. Like, there's so many things I want to see, but yeah, I haven't yet. Yeah, I understand. Um... Okay, what do you want to do next? Oh, let's do TV. Okay. Okay, go ahead. You do yours. Um, this again was tough because it's all recency bias. Um, I just started and finished Bodyguard on Netflix. Fucking Christ, that's a good show. It's Richard Madden, a.k.a. Rob Stark, a.k.a. Prince Charming from the live-action Cinderella with... Um, what's her name? Fucking, oh my god, Lily, I think. Lily James, oh, just the absolute best in that movie. She's not in this show. I don't know why I'm talking about it. Um, (laughs) and it's six episodes, and I had no fucking clue what was gonna happen. Like, I could not work. Usually, you can work in you know, miniseries, like, two steps ahead to be like, oh, okay, I understand what this character's doing, they want this, this is their motivation. I could not. I could not predict anything. Interesting. It was amazing. High recommend. Um, also high re- recommend The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel Season 2 on Amazon Prime. Holy fuck, that show is amazing. Uh, I really liked the new season of Glow as well. And obviously Brooklyn Nine-Nine, just on the list forever and ever. Mm-hmm. And I also just added Nailed It on Netflix. It's not really a scripted TV show. It just makes me happy. And I love Nicole Byer. Well, there so you there go. it is. Hey, that's sometimes all you need. Yeah. So I did a couple different things with that, only because I just like... So I liked Outlander, season three. Uh-huh. I thought it was great. Uh, and so far, I'm not sure if four is any is get is gonna be like on the whole better. But so, I don't think I'd put it on a year end list so far. No, but like season three was fucking great. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked every episode of New Girl from season six mm-hmm. because I loved it and I loved how it ended and I, like I just I loved it. Um, I also put The Last Kingdom on here because uh, that shows the goddamn tits. It's amazing. If you're not watching it, you should. Uh-huh. Um, but then my other two are, like, specific episodes. 
Oh. So the season nine premiere of The Walking Dead was phenomenal. Um, which is saying a lot because the show has been garbage for a number of years. Because usually it's not. It's so bad. Uh, but this, like, the premiere was so good. There was a time jump and, like, tonally it was different and, like, the cinematography was different and the coloring and just so many things about it were different and good different. Uh-huh. The credits are different. Like, it just, I, yeah, I loved everything about it. Um... And the last, the one, the TV episode that I think, if I were to, like, really think about it, is probably my, like, top ten favorite TV episodes of all time, is The Box from Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Yeah, that's why I just put it on, because I was like, there's so many, yeah. like, especially the second half of last season, there were so many moments where it was just, like, nailed it out of the park every yeah. fucking episode. Yeah. But yeah, like, if, if I were to say, like, I think The Box is, like, one of the best episodes of TV I've seen in a very long time. For sure, for sure, for sure. So that's my TV. Excellent. Um, I lost my list here. Um, okay, so do you want to do music? Uh, sure. Uh, so these are the five albums that I really liked and listened the most to, especially when I was on my month-long perpetual road trip down Enda. Uh, Chromio's Head Over Heels was excellent. Really liked Christina Aguilar's New End Liberation, Shawn Mendes' Forever, uh, Janelle Monae's Dirty Computer album was, like, fucking incredible. I've never heard anything like it. Um, my favorite song she does with Zoe Kravitz, and, um, it, the song is called Screwed. Have you heard it? No. Um, and there's the one line that says, everything is sex except for sex, which is power. Ooh. And they, like, repeat that in sort of different ways throughout the whole thing. It's real good. And, of course, because it's just an album of fucking bops from start to finish, Mamma Mia, here we go again. Well, there you go. I'm surprised my husband did not leave me. <laughs> yeah, well. Um. So, yeah, I have three on this list. I <laughs> yeah, well. Yeah, well. Yeah, well. I mean, I'm sure there's things that uh, he likes that you're just roll your eyes at. So, it's all a compromise, is it not? <laughs> go ahead. Um. Yeah, I only have, like, three things on this list because, like, I don't listen to, new, like, new music at all. Um, very often, because I'm at that point now where I'm just like, ugh, it seems like a lot of work to find new stuff that I like. I'm just going to go back to the things that I already know that I like. Um, but I went to see, um, in June, uh, Riva and I went to see Vance Joy uh-huh. at Roger's Place, and up until, like, three days before the concert, I hadn't listened to anything off of his new album. So I downloaded it and I listened to it once and I was like, yeah, it's not terrible. Um, but since then I've listened to it quite a lot and it's like the album's called Nation of Two. Uh, and it's pretty good. I quite, I liked it quite a lot actually. I think I like it more than I liked his first one and I liked his first one a lot too. So there's that. Um, I listened a lot. It's not a new album. I think it came out in 2016, but I listened a lot to it this year was, um, The Wilderness by Explosions in the Sky. Uh-huh. And I listened to it like a lot, a lot this summer when I was traveling around by myself, um, for days at a time. 
Um, I also listened a lot to Ruben and the Dark's new one called Arms of a Dream, which is not as good as their first one, I don't think. Um, but I went to see them in October as well, and they put on a really good show, even if it was a little weird, because he's really weird. Um, but he's a musician, so of course he is, but, like, unnecessarily so, I thought. Anyway, um, and, yeah, that's kind of about it. Like, I just don't really, I don't know, I don't really, I just listen to stuff that I like, and then I carry on. Like, I listened a lot to Sarah McLaughlin's Christmas album, like, it's called Winter Song, it's phenomenal. Uh-huh. I listened a lot to that, but I don't know, the new stuff, uh, whatever, and then the kids at school talk about things that they listen to, I'm like, those aren't real people, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, my husband is, like, really clued in to modern music, modern present-day music, I don't know, contemporary music, I guess, and I just, like, couldn't care less. Like, there's nothing better than, like, in my mind, the music between 1997 and 2007. Um, I would agree. Yeah. That's all I need. I'd go back a little bit further, but yes, that's about correct. I'd go back to like 94-ish, but yeah, that that's about right. So like, for example, I used to listen to The Bear a lot. Um, that was like my go-to radio station. Uh, but now they play like music that I don't know because it's new stuff. Um, and, like, K-Rock is still playing, like, classic rock from, like, the 70s, so there's nothing that's really playing the music that I like, so I just listen to things on my phone. Um. Yeah, I find it absolutely impossible to listen to the radio. This is how old I am, Megan. I cannot listen to the radio. I hate ads. I don't want to hear an ad in my goddamn life forever and ever. And I can't stand just inane talking, which I realize the irony of that sentence. Mm-hmm. I really do. Yeah. I'm, I don't, yeah, I don't really like listen to the radio either. But if I'm going to, it's probably going to be like talk radio. Mm-hmm. Rather than like radio with music and then also talking. Because I'd rather have the talking be on point than just like, let's talk about the grossest thing that was ever in the work microwave or whatever. Like, I don't care. Yeah, it's just like, ugh, how many times can you hear like, oh my god, what did your mom say in front of you that embarrassed you in a sh- store or whatever? And you're just like, oh, I know. We just can... play me some dulcet jazz. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> dulcet jazz, hey? Yeah, All no right. saxophone. Fuck right. saxophone. Um. Okay. I want to hear your, like, turning 30 list. Yeah, so I'm turning 30 in less than a month. So I was trying to come up with a fourth category for my best of 2018, because last year um, I had best hockey boys of 2017, which was a hilarious list, because it was, like, all devils. (laughs) (laughs) Do you want to hear it? It was Taylor Hall, Miles Wood, Brian Boyle, American Hero Brian Boyle, Yes, people here, Ivy and Jordan Everly. Those were my best hockey boys of 2017. I do recall that. Yes, I remember that. And this year, instead, I have put together, because I'm feeling so old and so out of touch with, you know, the kids these days, and I'm not teaching and don't see kids these days, um, my category is called Turning 30 in a Month, so here are some memes I didn't understand this year. All right, let's hear Number one, moth and lamp. 
didn't understand that. Didn't. I think it started when I was in Australia and New Zealand. And when you miss the beginning social context of a meme, good fucking luck to you. Yeah, I didn't know that was a thing, so there we go. Uh, the grew charts from Despicable Me didn't really get it, didn't really think it was funny. Uh, Zendaya is Michi. I saw that movie, Smallfoot. I still don't get why her character was an internet joke. I don't know. Grape Surgery, do you remember that one? Nope. That one was big. You can't perform surgery on a grape. That's not what surgery is. Everyone needs to stop. And last but not least, let's get this bread. Okay, I'm going to tell you a thing. Uh, Please. You didn't Please under- inform me. You didn't understand these memes? I don't fucking know what you're talking about. Yes, yeah, see? that, But that's that's correct, because you are older than I am. It is true. Um, it's But even still, like, I legitimately do not know what you're talking about. The best meme of 2018, though, is the Frodo Baggins, all right then, keep your secrets one. Chris sent me one. It was so fucking rude. Um, it's like trying to get an um, an answer on my friend uh, from my friend who's seizing on the floor. All right then, keep your secrets. Oh god. Yeah, I have not encountered that meme either. So there we go. I'm gonna send it to you. Um, yeah. That one's funny. That's. I mean, I, I'm sure it is, but like, I've legitimately not encountered that one either, which is fascinating. From like a sociological standpoint, fascinating. For sure. Um, but do you spend much time in the explore category of your Instagram app? Because that's what I do, and that's how I see all these things. I sure don't. The most of what I get on the Instagram, like. It's based on, like, obviously stuff that I've liked or whatever, but it, those are, like, all based on hashtags more than anything. I don't explore a ton, um, but then, like, I've got a couple friends who will just, like, send me shit on Instagram, and it's, like, Star Wars memes or football jokes or, you know, a dumpster that's also maybe Ben Roethlisberger. Like, who knows? It's just, like, but that's all it is. Like, I don't really, I don't really get the same kind of, that same kind of stuff. No, no. Oh, for sure. And I think, like, I think that's good because everyone has the right to curate, you know, what they're exposed to, which is why it was hilarious because on the pod Twitter account, I had, (laughs) I had muted everything related to the Oilers that I had no idea there was a trade or there were two trades today. So there you go. Yeah, for a long time, I had uh, muted the words McDavid and McJesus and a whole bunch of other Euler-related terms, uh, and I was like, funny that Alex and Avery are talking about this thing, but like, how come I didn't see that on my Twitter timeline? And then I went into my muted words, and I was like, oh, that's why. Uh-huh. <laughs> it was great. I think I might go back to it. I want to... I just want to see what that is right now. We're setting some privacy. I've got... I've got a lot of muted words. Muted words. I know what muted words are. McDavid, Oilers, Joaquin Phoenix, Joker, Pete Davidson, Ariana Grande, 
Peterson, I imagine Jordan Peterson, Yanni, Yanni, Laurel, Laurel, <laughs> Barstool. <laughs> What's my muted list? It's funny. I have a muted list that is like, I, I can't look at it, it doesn't matter. But anyway, the reason that it's there is there's like a particular person that I follow that like most of the time I'm very fine with the things that he says, but then like he uses like these very particular words. Uh, which when he gets all ranty and then I've found if I just muted those words then you I don't, don't see him. I don't ever see the rants and it's great and it's made my Twitter experience infinitely better. Uh-huh. I uh, know. You gotta you gotta take it into your hands. Okay. You really do. Um I don't I'm not turning thirty. <laughs> so I don't have a list, but I could be like, here's a list of five memes I've never heard of. Whatever Kelsey just said. <laughs> Anyway, it's a tough year for me. <laughs> so I did, I did a sports thing instead, uh-huh. and I this one is going to be in reverse order from five to one because there's one event that stood out clearly in my mind above all others, and will forever be my vindication. So of course, uh, number five, I would say, would be Alex Ovechkin partying like a fucking animal after winning the cup. Oh my god, the whole caps. What was his name again? Timothy Jimothy? No, um, it was like bro. There was a bro in there somehow. I don't know. Fuck. Never mind, continue, I'm sorry. That's okay, so number five is that, because like watching all of that was just absolutely delightful. I just, it was, it was just so great, and, like, the kind of joy that I wish more athletes would, like, unbridled joy that I wish more, more hockey players especially would show. Oh, for sure. You know, like, it was, you it know was that Ovechkin, so ecstatic. You know that Ovechkin did some terrible things to the Stanley Cup. Oh, he had sex with him again, guaranteed. A hundred percent. Or, or he used it as, like, a tripod to film. It? Uh, whatever, it doesn't matter. The, the cup has seen some things. Um, True. And that leads me to, to, to something that's seen some things. Uh, number four, gritty. <laughs> <Seen something. laughs> I'm just saying. Yeah, seen some things that he's done. <laughs> it's true. Uh, everything about that is just absolutely incredible to me. We're almost at the point where I think that, like, it's over. But for right now, I'm still going to enjoy what's happening. Um, cause it's just, it's, it's, again, it's what a sports mascot should be. Absolutely. Just chaos. Absolute chaos, but like in the best way, like I feel like Gritty is probably chaotic good. Like really and truly. Because I think at his core, I think he just wants everyone to get along. Um, but it's just, everything about it is so much fun. Um, uh, number three was going to uh, that hockey game in Sweden. Oh, just the absolute best, Megan. Just the absolute best. And for the first time, being at a hockey game uh, that Taylor Hall played in, uh, that his team won. Because <laughs> <laughs> I went to enough uh... Oilers games when he was uh, still an Oiler, uh, and every single fucking time I went and watched them play, uh, he lost. Because the Oilers were real bad. And then this year, of course, it was not. Uh-huh. Uh, it was his team that won, and it was not the Oilers, and it was wonderful. Um, 
My number two most favorite sports thing of the year uh, was Dave Lozo losing his fucking mind <laughs> and yelling, here's a bunch of scallops! Oh, oh God, here's just... a bunch of scallops. Oh, man. it was That was so good and so unexpected. It was just absolutely priceless. Uh, and, of course, the number one sports moment of 2018 for me um, was Taylor Hall winning the Hart Trophy as league MVP. Of course. Um, it was the fucking best. I was at, at trivia that night at the bar, and uh, I laughed so hard I almost cried. I was real excited. I I agree with this list, top to bottom. It's an excellent list. Good job on this list. And an honorable mention uh, goes to... It sucks because it means that the Red Sox won the World Series, but Manny Machado striking out so that the Dodgers could not play anymore. Because fuck <laughs> Manny Machado forever and ever, strap him to a rocket and launch him into the goddamn sun. <laughs> we had to have some petty note in here somewhere. Absolutely. I have a list of books. You what? I have a list of books. Do you have books? I don't. Okay. Go ahead. Do you have any other lists? I have the Chris's of the past. Oh, that I have to rank? Yeah. Okay. Can I also rank the Chris's of the present? Sure. Just to bring it all full circle? Absolutely. Okay, good. Um, Okay. So I read a whole bunch of books this year. I also read, I stopped counting in like April because it got way too like cumbersome. Um, and I would, I, I did some extrapolation and some like basic math. I would assume that over the course of this year, I have probably read upwards of like, I don't know, 15 million words of Star Wars fan fiction. <laughs> and, and, and other stuff as well, but like, you know, mostly Star Wars. Um, which I just think is really funny because I was going to try and keep track and then it just got unwieldy and I kind of stopped counting at around 5 million words. I was like, yeah, fuck it. It's not worth my time. But I figure if that was in April and I didn't really like slow my clip of reading the fan fiction, so, you know, I'd say about 15 million words of the fan fiction. Yeah, it's all about personal growth. Absolutely. Um, but of the books that I read, I read a bunch of books. I probably read like, I don't know, 60 or so. Uh-huh. Something like that. Um, these are the five that sort of will stick with me the longest. So there's, I read a book called The Bookshop of Yesterdays by Amy Meyerson, which I thought was really good. It's a little bit of a mystery, um, but not like, not like a thriller or anything. Just like, it was good. Um, oh, I remember you telling me about that one. Yeah, I really, I really, really enjoyed it. Um, I read a book called The Interestings by Meg Wolitzer. And it was about these kids who, like, met at a summer camp, these, like, sort of rich white kids for the most part, who met at this summer camp, and they tried, you know, thought they were way cooler than they were, um, and decided to call themselves the Interestings, and it, like, follows them into adulthood, and, like, now, like, you know, 15, 20 years later, what their lives are like, uh-huh. and how they're not all, you know, famous artists and dancers and singers and the things that they thought they would be when they went to this, like, performing arts camp. They're all, like, accountants? Not all of them. But they've, like, had to make real decisions because they have mortgages to pay and children to raise and, you know, dogs to walk and things like that. And can't live this, like, idealistic life. It's it's very, very good. Um, I read a book called Thirteen, 
I think the author's name is Steve Kavanaugh. It doesn't really matter. It was phenomenal. It tells you right on the front of the book that it's like a, it's a, uh, a legal sort of thriller. And it tells uh-huh. you right on the cover that they're looking, trying to convict the serial killer, but the killer's on the jury. Oh my god. And I spent the whole book, like, trying to figure out who it was, and I did not, I couldn't uncover it. Like, it didn't, I had no idea. It was great. It was, <laughs> it was so, and then when it got to the end, I was like, oh yeah, I guess that makes sense. And I went back, and I was like, oh yeah, there's a little, there's some clues. But it was so tightly written that I, like, I couldn't, I couldn't guess at it ahead of time. Um, and I read it on the plane when I went to New York, and I almost finished it, uh, between, like, Edmonton and Toronto. Perfect. And it, and I, like, could not put it down. Um, and then I also read, um, both Beartown and Us Against You by Frederick Bachman. Right. Um, and Beartown is phenomenal, and that will stick with me for a very long time. Um, and Us Against You is a sequel, and it is also very, very good. And those were the five, I think, that will probably sort of, the five new books that I read, because of course there's books that I read over and over. I know, that's why I struggled to make a list, because nothing that I read was really a new release. Like, of course, I read the new Kate Morton. Of course, I read the new uh, Robert Gilbraith. But that's just like, I don't know. I don't think it's stuff that was necessarily highfalutin or worthy of commendation in that same way. Oh yeah, but like 13 is not highfalutin in any way. It was just really good. Uh-huh. It was just, it was, it was a really fascinating, it was just a really fascinating read. And it was a quick read too. And I liked it a lot. I like those ones that surprise you. Yeah, like I bought it in the airport. And I never do that. But I was just oh. like, oh, that looks fascinating. Like, the, the killers on the jury, how did they get out of this one? It was sort of, like, my... It was really good. Yeah, what a premise. No kidding, hey? Like, a very very a very different take on that, like, rigged jury kind of deal or whatever. Absolutely. Yeah, it was good. I liked it a lot. Cool. Thank you for all your book reading recommendations. I did write them down. Um... I also, if I have many recommendations, if you ever need them, you know that. I am very, very aware of that. I feel like I borrowed more books from you this year than I, like, rented, rented. You don't rent books. What's the word I'm looking for? Borrowed. Borrowed. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Overpurchased. Oh, my God. I guess technically it's renting. It is renting. Well, no, it's not renting, because renting implies that you're paying for something. The borrowing is, like, they just scan your card, and then you take the books. That's why it's borrowing. True. True, true, true. There's no money changing hands until you haven't brought the book back for 17 weeks. Yeah, until you're an absolute dildo. (laughs) Return your fucking library books, people. It's true. Are you ready for your ranking of the Chris's of the past? Absolutely. I have two sets here. Okay, I'm I'm in. Two sets of five. We're going to do them separately because you're going to realize why. Okay. First set. Christopher Columbus. (laughs) Christopher Wren. (laughs) Christopher Marlowe. 
Christopher Robin Milne. Yes, Christopher Robin. Okay. And St. Christopher. Okay, hang on. So, Christopher Columbus, Christopher Wren. Christopher Marlowe. Yeah. Christopher Robin Milne. And St. Christopher. Like, son of A.A. Milne. Yeah, yeah. And St. Christopher. Like, I just get to rank them in any way? It's, well, it's top, it's top Chris. Top Chris and bottom Chris. Okay. Oh, with Christopher Marlowe on that list, that's such a great fucking double entendre. Um, well done. Um, okay. Alright. Um, ugh, fuck Christopher Columbus, he's at the bottom of this list. Just fuck that guy. He's the worst. Um... Then we'll say St. Christopher, because, like, whatever. I don't know what he did. I think... Isn't he, like, the patron saint of, like, travel? Here, I'm gonna... I think he might be. Actually, yeah, I think he might be the the patron saint of travelers. Yeah, sure. Let's put him number four. I don't care. Um, We'll put Christopher Robin Milne at number three, because it's kind of like those, like, strongly agree, strongly disagree scales. Yes, exactly. Kind of neutral about him. Uh, I'm gonna put Christopher Wren number two, and I'm gonna put uh, Christopher Marlowe at number one. Really? What do you love about Marlowe so much? Uh, he wrote some great stuff. Um, and I think that, like, his sort of, uh, his presence in that playwriting world, in that playwriting sort of circle that Shakespeare was part of, Uh I think produced some of, uh, some really, really good literature. Yeah, I think it's like, it's like literary capitalism. Right, like the the competition between yeah people produces really interesting art. I had no idea that he was fucking stabbed to death. That is so so fucking metal. <laughs> and the other thing too, correct me if I'm wrong. Was he not played by Rupert Everett in um, Shakespeare in Love? Ah, uh, let me check. I'm pretty sure he was, and that's sort of the vision of Christopher Marlowe that I have in my head all of the time. So I'm like, yeah, he was pretty great. <laughs> Yeah, that's such a perfect actor. Um, yep, Rupert Everett, you got in one. Yeah, okay. So, yeah, I, I feel like that's that's just it. Um, and, okay. and I think the other thing about Marlowe that I think is really interesting, too, is, like, his plays... Shakespeare kind of, like, beat around the bush a little bit with, like, the titles of some of his plays and stuff. Um, like, The Merchant of Venice, for example. Whereas Christopher Marlowe was like, nope, just kidding, we're calling it the Jew of Malta. Like, he was just very <laughs> blunt about things. <laughs> Uh, and I kind of appreciate that as well. Yeah, there's... I'm just like I don't think I've read any of this stuff, but I just know of him as kind of this avant-garde mm-hmm. person. The Jew of Malta, Edward II, yep. The Massacre at Paris, mm-hmm. and Dr. Faustus. Oh, he oh, yeah. wrote Faustus. Yes, yes, yes. Interesting. Okay, what's this other list? The other list... A more relevant list. Okay. This is Celebrity Chris's. Okay. Christopher Maloney. Christopher Reeve. And, like, all of these are when they're in their peak. Okay. Okay. Like, Christopher we're talking Walken. Like Chris, hang on, we're talking like Christopher Maloney, like Chris Maloney, like, from, uh, lo- like, SBU, yeah? Yes. Okay. Christopher Reeve as, like, Superman. Yep. Christopher Walken, just whatever era works for you. Okay. Chris Cornell. Okay. And Chris Cooper. 
Um, okay, I gotta think about this for a second, but whenever I think of Chris Cooper, there's a scene in Jarhead that he, because he's in Jarhead, um, and the Marines are, like, you know, in Kuwait or wherever the fuck they are, wherever their actual base is, um, and they're, he gets them, you know, he gets them, uh, to do, like, the cheer or whatever, like, the, the chant, I can't remember what it is. It doesn't matter. And then he says this line. He's like, he's like, I just felt my dick move. And like the look on his face is so serious. And every time I think of him, that's what I think of. Oh my god! <laughs> like just Sorry, that. Lo- I just sneezed. <laughs> just that like yeah, sure. <laughs> that look on his face in that scene. Like, and I can hear it in my I, every time. That's who I think of. Um, that's, Imagine that- having to deliver the line. I just felt my dick move. Mm-hmm. God, that's a rough day at work, hey? It is a rough day at work. That's a rough day at work. Okay. Wow. Uh, okay. Uh, I'm gonna go. Um. No. What the hell are you doing here? I'm making numbers on the list here. Okay. Number five is Chris Cooper. Okay. He just always plays assholes. Kind of, yeah. Number four is Christopher Walken. Mm-hmm. Um, cause there's like, he's got his moments, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, number three is Christopher Reeve. Mm-hmm. Number two is Chris Cornell. Mm-hmm. And number one is obviously Christopher Maloney. Like, obviously. Legit. Couldn't have said it better myself. That yeah. is the correct answer. But, yeah, that's for sure, for sure. Now we should put all ten together. No, I can't. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> I would still tell you, even of of those ten, Christopher Columbus still at the bottom of the list. A hundred percent. No, 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 no. Chris Pratt and then Christopher Columbus. (laughs) Well, maybe maybe Christopher Columbus and then Chris Pratt. I'm not sure. You know, one of them is in the annals of history and the other one is Christopher Columbus. Uh, too easy. Oh, that's really, really funny. Um, yeah, I was reminded yesterday when I rewatched Infinity War of the bearded cap, and I was like, oh yeah, that was those are some good times. Those are some real good times. Yeah. And then he went and did that play in London and got that awful haircut, like a fucking mall cop mm-hmm. and a mustache. But, like, it was for a job, so, you know, he just kind of rolled with it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was, it was good. And I can't really, it's funny, like, the, the three of them, like, Chris Pine and Chris Hemsworth and Chris Evans, like, I can't, they're just kind of interchangeable at all times. Yeah, it's, it really does depend on the day. It does, and, like, because, like, when you think what, about... What Chris, mood you're in. Like, Chris Pine from Outlaw King, if we go back to that for a second, so sure. great, except for that fucking haircut. For sure, for sure. It's like, you, no, it's the exact same fucking haircut as goddamn Macbeth and Polanski's Macbeth. It is, and it's bad. It's awful. It's just Why terrible. do men have such awful hair? So, like, you take that, but, like, he's got the beard, and so, you know, like, with, like, the, the gray in it, so you guys, like, you know, you gotta kind of sort of weigh all of these things. Mm-hmm. And then there's, like, Chris Hemsworth just out there on his Instagram, like, surfing and stuff, and you're like, yeah, okay, that's cool. I'll take it. <laughs> Yeah, I just, like, <sighs> it's hard to explain. So, like, if I was going to go, I, I, I added another Chris to the list. If I was going to go with it, are you ready? Is it Chris Messina or Messina or it whatever? It sure is. 
Because yeah, there are moments, the there are moments of him where I'm just like, mm-hmm, and then there are other moments where I'm like, no, you're probably a dick. Um, For sure. But it's still, I would say, top five famous, like, Hollywood Chris's, Chris Pine, Chris Hemsworth, Chris Evans, Chris Messina, and Adam Driver. Fucking Christ, I knew you were going to throw him in there. <laughs> uh, anyway. It's good. It's all good. Goddamn Adam Driver. Mm-hmm. Like, imagine having, just doing your job. And your job that day, just like, I can feel my dick move, is I'm going to wear some high-waisted leather pants and nothing else. And I'm going to act the fuck out of this scene. Because that's my goddamn job. Uh-huh. And I'm a professional. Mm-hmm. What a world we live in. It's a crazy world. Uh, but thank any- God it's over. Do you have anything else? Not the you world, wanna... the year. <laughs> well, who knows? <laughs> well, we'll see. Uh, do you have anything else you want to add? Um, I did watch Bird Box. And? I actually really liked it. I thought it was very interesting. Okay. Um, I appreciated how it was inventive and, and different from other things that I have watched lately. So I appreciated that. that. Love Trevante. He needs to be in everything because he's fucking incredible and just reminded me of how good the last third of Moonlight was last two, three years ago. Oh my God, how long ago was that? Um, but yeah, it was fine. That's all I got. Yeah, I uh, have not. We were talking about it today, actually, after seeing Vice, about how that was a thing that we were probably not going to watch. Because, uh, like me, Jillian does not like being scared, so. It's not scary. That's the thing. Like, it's it not. Really, there, was, there was no point in it where I was like, oh, well, this is creepy. Oh, okay. I was okay. just like, oh, this is interesting. Oh, okay. That's good to know. Yeah, there's nothing really scary about it. Um, yeah, okay. Well, that's good to know. I will maybe uh, keep that in mind. I see that you just sent me something on the Twitter machine. I did. It's just garbage. Okay. Ignore it. Okay. <laughs> it can wait. <laughs> All right. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't think I have anything else. No, me neither. We might be doing an in-person next weekend. It's possible. I can't really talk about it on the, on the recording. I can tell you about it afterwards, but why maybe I might be in Calgary. Okay, got it, got it, got it, got it. Um, but maybe? I don't know yet. It also kind of depends on the weather and stuff. For sure. Because if the weather is hot garbage, I'm not going. No, I do not blame you. Yeah. Don't don't go outside. Don't go outside. Don't drive. Fair enough. Um, yeah, so we might be doing one. If not, we'll do one next weekend anyway, regardless. Because I'm sure yes. we'll have some time. Um, and then that'll be that. So I don't have anything else. Uh, except to say thank you to those of you that listen to us on a regular basis. We really appreciate it. And if you live in Kingston, Ontario, we'd love to know who you are. Um, (laughs) um, but no, we really do appreciate that somehow you've managed to stick with us through like 74 episodes of just absolute garbage. And also like find it because like we don't work that hard to promote it. That's for fucking sure. At all. Oh, I think Mike maybe sent me a question. Give me one sec. Oh, shit, we have questions. Oh. I have questions from Amanda. Fuck. Okay, let's do those. Oh, my 
God, my dog just farted and it's disgusting. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, okay. Yeah, Mike oh sent me a God. question. <laughs> oh, it's so bad. Okay. Uh, do you want to do Amanda's first? Sure. Mike's only question actually was just this. Uh, what's the best Christmas song and why is it Holly Jolly Christmas? And the answer is it's not. Thank you. Good night. <laughs> I really like um, Oh Holy Night. Yes. Um, I'm trying to think of the ones that I fucking listen to on repeat on my goddamn two days of driving. See, there's a difference between a Christmas carol and a Christmas song. Oh right. So like your Christmas I didn't think about that. Christmas Carol is like Oh Holy Night, those kind of ones, like the churchy ones, and then the Christmas mm-hmm. songs are like You're a Mean One, Mr. Grinch. Right. It's definitely not last Christmas, that's for sure. Oh, I was so okay. Do you know when that happened to me? When? Uh, on December twenty fifth at about nine p.m. I was at my mom and dad's house and. Uh, I, they have, like, Shaw has, like, the holiday music channel or whatever. Mm-hmm. They've got, because they've got all those music channels. Uh, and we turned on the holiday favorites music channel and just doing our thing. And all of a sudden, fucking Wham! shows up and it's last Christmas. And I was like, I almost made it! I was so Seriously, angry. that, like, holiday playlist. Oh, God, that thing is Russian roulette, Megan. I know. There's some awful awful holiday music that's been made yeah and it's rough sometimes it's real bad next question yeah that's the only one that he didn't we get some tweeted at us oh maybe i don't know i'll look them up you do your ones from amanda and i will look at the twitter okay um amanda asks how much would you pay to be in the locker room when Connor, poor sweet innocent Connor, has to smile and put on his captain pants to greet the guy who cost him the calder? Well, I mean... I love this idea of captain pants, because 100% that's what he calls them. Probably. Um, so here's the thing. Connor and David gets paid a gajillion dollars a year to play hockey. And he is, as we know, a consummate professional. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like he's just going to go and do his job. I think so, too. Like, I don't think it's going to be an issue for him. I don't think he's going to be, like, petty about it. I think he's just... I think we think he's going to be petty about it. But I don't think he's... He is. No, I don't think so, either. Uh, how dumb are the people on House Hunters who are like, I hate this house. I can't buy it. The wall color is atrocious. Um, they are maybe the dumbest people in existence. They super are. I cannot stand that. And I know, don't tell me that House Hunters is fake. I know it's fake. Okay? I know they already have one of the the houses and they've, you know, they're looking at the other ones to make it a show. I get that. So they're looking for excuses to be dicks. But they are dicks. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. They're absolutely unreasonable. As is the fucking smell in this room. <laughs> oh my god, dog, are you ill? <laughs> Jesus Christ. 
Christ. I think the other thing about the house hunters that people kind of forget about is that, like, even though, yes, they've already chosen one of the homes, they're in other people's homes. And they say shitty things about other people's homes. Yeah, for sure. And I'm always just like, oh, what if that was your house? I know. And someone was, like, talking shit about your decorating choices. Because let me tell you, when they show us, like, three months later and you've, like, painted your walls puke brown, good job. But I'd also be like, you know what? My house probably does look like shit because I have no fucking eye for interior design. So, valid points. Um, who's going to win the fight in practice following Captain, um... Pants, putting on his pants, Luch or Manning, and she says, okay, I'm done with hockey questions. Um, okay, so here's what's gonna happen. So remember last year, when in practice, in, in for the Flyers, Radko Gudis, like, took out Sean Couturier and, like, tore his MCL in practice? Mm-hmm. 100% that's what's gonna happen to Connor. Oh, for sure, Connor's gonna get hurt. In practice, and it's gonna be Brandon Manning. Mm-hmm. Or it's gonna be Lucic who couldn't get out of the way because he can't skate fast enough. Some fucking safety skates on that dude. Um, we were at the game yesterday, Jill and I, and she's like, t- she's like doing skating lessons because she wanted to learn how to skate. Uh, and she's like, she's doing like can skate for adults. Um, oh my god! And oh my god, Jill, that would be the most fucking incredible thing to watch. When is this happening? Uh, when can she, I come? She's in. She's in. Um, I think she says she's in like level four. And she's like, I think uh, Lucic could learn from my skating teacher. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah, that's that. I think he might have, like, what's that? The Jack disease? You know, the Robin Williams movie Jack? Yeah. When he gets old super fast? Maybe. I think that's what he's got. Anyway, I thought the joke would land better. Um, FMK Dumpster Fire Edition. Ottawa Senators front office slash ownership, Edmonton Oilers front office slash ownership, ownership, or Dallas Stars front office slash ownership. (laughs) Well, see, here's the thing. I feel like you kind of want all of them around forever. (laughs) Don't say Triple Mary, Megan. Because, because why not? No, but instead... You're not going to kill... This is the only time I'm going to say you're not going to kill any of them. You're just going to fuck them all. Just once? Just once. Because, like, there's been... That, that, just for... What? Because you want to be fucking disappointed three times in a no, row? What are you that, talking about? No, that Dallas Stars news that came out, like, two days ago where, like, their CEO was just ripping... Like, yes, he was being an unprofessional asshole, of, yes. Of course he was, but, like, every once in a while, like, they don't do anything useful, and then every once in a while, they just give you something that's so good. So I think you just fuck him each once and be done with it. <sighs> and then you can, like, and then you can go back to never thinking about them again. You know? So it's like a one-night stand. Yeah. A desperate desperate one night stand very much so yes uh she wanted to know more about my dog i feel like people have heard enough about his stinky farts so i will leave it there (laughs) uh six would you rather have a duck-billed platypus or a red panda duck-billed platypus i say panda because platypuses aren't gonna like love you yeah but they scare too easily 
the pandas. Ah, uh, same. <laughs> <laughs> What's your favorite cupcake flavor combinations? Hers is chocolate cupcake with peanut butter frosting sprinkled with mashed up Reese's cups. Oh, damn, that sounds good. Well, what's the point in having the cupcake if you're going to have all the other good stuff on it, is my question. Just eat the peanut butter frosting and have the Reese peanut butter. Like, who cares? Um, I would say... I'm sorry, I'm distracted because I have Captain America Winter Soldier on my TV right now. It's very distracting. It just ended on my TV. (laughs) (laughs) TV? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, they're on the escalator. They're going to make out. Just one sec. Here we go. Uh. Um, oh, cupcake. My problem with cupcakes is that, like, when you go to, like, the places like Bliss or Duchess or whatever and get, like, the good cupcakes, Uh I always find that the icing is too much. Yes, it's too much. And it's too sweet. So I'm a big fan of cream cheese icing. Uh And I'm a big fan of, like, mint icing. Because it cuts some of that sweetness away. Um, so I would take like a chocolate one with like a mint icing or like a cream cheese icing. I've also had icing that's like made with sour cream. So it like really cuts some of that sweetness away. So I'm not really a big fan. I don't know. Sour cream sounds nasty, Megan. Well, you Ugh. don't make it all with sour cream. But like that's part of what you use to like to thicken it. So it just instead of adding more sugar... You're adding, it functions the same way, kind of, as the cream cheese does, but it's not as sweet as the cream cheese. I see. That's all. I would, like, but if I'm going to make, like, a Guinness chocolate cake or, like, chocolate cupcakes, then it's got to be Irish cream icing, because what else would you do? You have such interesting tastes. (laughs) Mine is just, like, give me chocolate, give me cookie dough. Maybe cheesecake. That's what I'm into. And, like, that's it. I don't need anything else. I don't want anything else. See, when we were in Ireland, I had this Guinness chocolate cake, though, that, like, changed my life. So, yeah. It was really good. Well, I hope so. If it changed your life, I don't think it changed your life for the worse. Yeah, yeah it was It was, It was. was delicious. And uh, the lady gave us the recipe, so I've, like, tried to replicate it here at home. And I have to make a cake to go to work uh, for the Tuesday once we're back, so I might make that one. Have to, Megan? Yes. Okay. I do. <coughs> you know what? I hope your dog farts in your face. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> What'd you say? You cut out. <laughs> do you have any more questions? No, I didn't hear what you said. What'd you say? I just said, I hope your dog farts in your face. <laughs> Fuck you. Uh, <laughs> That's what I said. God damn it. <laughs> That's it. That's all I got. Okay, and the only other question was from Mike that he sent us on the Twitter machine. And he wanted to know, uh, has uh, the team hit, the Oilers, have they hit uh, rock bottom? Mm. No, because the team hasn't been sold. Okay. That's fair. I think, yeah, that maybe is what it would look like. I think that's probably fair. 
Um, oh no, there's other questions. I missed these. Oh, these are even better. Great. I have a way to end this episode and everything. Uh, yeah, I think, I think you're probably right. The team being sold or like just doing the thing and like making Wayne Gretzky, like the president of hockey operations and Kevin Lowe could be the general manager again and bring Craig McTavish back as the coach. Uh Just like, let's go full circle. Fire all the women. Are there women? I don't know. Clean house of all the women. <laughs> Who knows? There were Who knows? there were some like women yesterday throwing t-shirts into the crowd. Oh, good. Yeah. In like full clothes, or they were fully the clothed. Yes, but they were very tight. Yeah, classic. Yeah. Um. Here's a question. Mm-hmm. Ten dumbest tweets of 2018, and then in the brackets, if you can narrow down the list of Edmonton mainstream media tweets, uh, I would just like to point you to David Staples' timeline. Or yeah, maybe Mark Spector's. Or like to get political, Jason Kenny's. Yeah, or like Jack, like the Twitter CEO. Ugh. It's like fuck that guy add forever. Add them all to the list. Yeah. Uh yeah th- no I can't narrow any of them down. I saw some. I'd really- love to see yours, Mike, because I know that you are a much better curator of this than we are. That's true, yeah. So if I had more time, I probably could have, like, done some looking, but I'm blocked by people that I know sent dumb things, so it would have been Exactly. That's why I think, and I blocked people, too, so I don't see a lot of that stuff anymore. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, question from Daisy is, who won the Heart Trophy in 2018? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you fucking know it, Daisy. You know the goddamn answer to that. I think that's a great question. Uh, And I could talk for another two hours about how wonderful that is, but I'm not going to. Um, And here's the last question from Mike. Uh Do you think that after this recent criticism, Jamie Benn needs to put his head down, dig in, swallow his pride, eat crow, and just, oh my god, this news is a Christmas miracle? God damn it, Mike. All of those phrases are just absolute joy to my ears. So good. So good. So, so Congratulations, good. you've won 2018. Yeah, Mike, Mike with, you've like, done it. the best question. I think if we had, like, a top five, like, podcast questions, they would all be Mike. <laughs> Sorry, Amanda. <laughs> but, like, really and truly, yes, no. because Mike never made us pick between, like, fucking Gary Bettman and Roger Goodell and... No, that was Chris. Was it Chris? Stop putting that on Amanda. No, I blame Amanda. That was my husband. I think it was Amanda. <laughs> but like Mike's just asked us questions and on his questions break you so often. They do. But now I'm just like bitter and jaded and old. Mike, I'm almost thirty. Yeah. Oh my God, I don't have so, time for laughter anymore. You're so young. <laughs> so young and innocent. <laughs> um so I don't have yeah, I don't have anything else. Uh thanks again for listening to all of our garbage. We appreciate it very much. We super, super do. And we will probably have a giveaway of some kind. Yeah, but just waiting for some new designs to happen. Yes, and there's going to be some new merch, too, so uh, there's that. Very excited. Yeah, it'll be fun. Um, you can find us uh, on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, or Google Play. You can email Good us. Good job, at, you remembered all of them. I That's did. Wonderful. I had to think about it for a second, and they only sound right in one particular order. So agreed. <laughs> um, 
You can email us at garbagefirepodcast at gmail.com. That would be super. The only notifications we now get are, like, when one of us logs into the email account from, like, a different computer. <laughs> it's like you yes. signed in from elsewhere. <laughs> like, oh, have I like, oh, it's a security alert. And I'm just like, just fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> it's me. <laughs> um, you can find us on the internet at garbagefirepodcast.com. You can, you can, you can. I am on Twitter at garbagefirepod. Yeah. Okay. And I'm on Twitter. And yo, sorry, go ahead. I'm on Twitter at mig14. We have an Instagram that is garbage fire podcast. Yeah. And I think that's all. That's all. Just like have a have a lovely New Year. Please be safe. Do not drink and drive. Um, and you know, just 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 let it all go. Yeah. Just let it all go. And I mean, really, like, celebrate the end of 2018, because it was a motherfucker. Yeah, and just, like, destroy it. Just destroy it, but don't destroy yourself. No. Because as all these Instagram women keep telling me and themselves, you're worthy. No matter what shape you are. What if you're a potato? Oh, my God. It's a fair now, question. this is a question for 2019. <laughs> if we remember between now and whenever we record again, we will address that question. We won't. <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah, thank you so much for listening. Uh, we'll see you in the dumpster? Is that how we end this? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> You know, if I don't fuck up the start, I fuck up the end. That's how it goes. Happy.